Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and you are now looking at, hi, R. Neville Johnston. Welcome. And our program is designed to assist we, the human race, to become more advanced, uh, to become um, beings that think and feel at a much higher plane of existence than we are at all used to. And so it is a live show. Is happening right now, presuming it's Thursday, the 17th of uh, uh, March, and uh, otherwise it's a rerun, or you're watching it in archives. Now, the becoming a more aware human being, we all have the ambition to do this, and we all have uh, a colossal case of amnesia, and it seems as though the two battle with each other throughout our lifetime. I'm just now noticing patterns that have spread throughout my entire life. Speaking of which, I want to announce today in Mayan, because this is a very good way of um, recognizing uh, the relatively shorter of 260 days is a, another word for short, uh, but the cycling of time that we're all involved in, and the fractal is about 260 days long. Although there are other fractals that are 365, etc., 7, 13. Uh, this is part of a wave spell. A wave spell is a, a system of 13 days. Uh, because of the bar tone up here, you know that it is a fifth tone. There we go. Fifth tone of um, a wave spell, 5 of 13. The fifth tone is indeed the command tone. And so the command tone works very well for, ironically, taking command of things. Okay. Now, this is Akbal, which is the tribe of the night, and that is to say, the tribe of the dreamers. Okay. And today being a dreaming day. Now, the other um, guide tribe, the other little blue gadget sitting there, is the monkey. So this is the command of the dream guided by the monkey. The monkey loves to seek fun. That's what monkeys do. They love to play and eat bananas and throw feces, but nonetheless they have a good time doing it. So the translation of this glyph into English is, uh, I empower in order to dream, which is a very interesting concept. Uh, in the past two weeks, every night as I've fallen asleep and calmed myself to enter into the sleep state, I have asked for counsel. Uh, during the dream time. Uh, one morning in this last couple of weeks, and it's likely to go on for a few more weeks, uh, I woke up with the idea that uh, disregard is the byproduct of narcissism, which is part of the overall patternings in my life, and uh, therefore seek to restructure the negative imprint that that made in my timeline and thank and adore all who have agreed to assist me in the restructuring of the negative imprint, so long as we're having fun. Um, the next part of the translation is commanding intuition. Now, that's a hot shot, uh, because we human beings, we all have a perfect intuition. There's no exceptions. Now, in the unknown situation, within the smallest amount of time, there will be this perfect intuition, intuited, intuition, and then with perhaps a nanosecond later, we doubt. And then we believe the doubt rather than the intuition, and 
an hour a day a week later we say I knew that yes you did but more accurately one would say I doubted that but we always say I knew that which to me is a kind of um, discordant upon the ear because of the idea that if we would face that we knew it we wouldn't be saying we knew it we would say we doubted it I seal the input of abundance with the overtone of radiance overtone means the fifth tone uh, which is the command tone again and um, abundance we, we all live in abundance it's a matter of recognizing it and it's not abundance of pain <sighs> okay uh, with the tone of radiance come on we know radiance the sun radiates you radiate come on radiate do it come on radiate uh, 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 there we go yeah there uh, yeah radiate yeah we do okay and I'm guided by the power of magic uh, which is code for the monkey because monkeys are very magical beings they just hang out in the woods um, uh, create social order and eventually the alphas and by alpha I mean bullies uh, manage to uh, meet with well you study monkeys all you like but the alpha never lasts quite as long and by alpha as I said I mean bully all right so this is the tribe of the dream today and more than that the command of the dream and more than that the idea of playing with the dream and uh, you could not ask for a better introduction to the latest book I've written which is called the dreamist Ooh. How's that for a third eye? Hi. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Boy, my third eye is really big today. That was an impact. This is the hardcover. Dunk. Ever heard your head make that sound? Dunk. <laughs> Either you just landed on the floor because you were obliterated by alcohol, which, which is fun. And we'll soon be. And we have our first caller. Hi, caller. What is your name, please? Hi, Neville. Hi, Mary. This is Carrie. Carrie, hi. Mary's absent tonight on sabbatical. She will be back okay. next week. But what can I'm we do sorry. for you? Okay, I, I have a dream interpretation. Okay. And we it's guessed actually, the dream? It's actually a dream I had, and also a friend of mine had the same dream. And oh. it, got me, it got me curious. Um, the dream I had, I was being very violent and angry at my mother, and uh -huh. I was uh, screaming at her and yelling at her, and just very, I, I just, I was very mad at her. And, okay. uh, and my friend uh, told me that he also had a dream where he was um, attacking his father. Okay. You know, like he was, uh, he, I mean, the father, I guess, was uh, attacking the mother, and then he got very upset, and he stepped in, and he started punching his father in the face, very, like, mm. crazy. So my question is, the two of us, I had a dream kind of similar with my mother, and he had a dream like that with his father, and I was yeah. just curious to see what you have to say about Okay, like well... That. In the analysis of such a dream, we'd first have to figure out what really your mother represents to you, which would be matriarchal authority. Okay. Now, uh, um, <sighs> let me just return to the venue where we are. Okay. This is you being mad at the part of you that is nurturing. And the male equivalent where he was mad at his father is the anger towards the part of the self 
that is the provider, that is the, um, it's uh, more emotions for mom and logic for dad, but being angry with that part of yourself. Okay. okay. Now, um, anger, okay, is always about borders being violated. Um, usually we don't say, this is my border, please don't violate it. Just the person violates it, and then you're angry about them for doing it, but they had absolutely no idea that they were crossing your border. So you are in reality angry at yourself for not doing a better job of stipulating this as the border. Let me go up. I just want to talk to the angels involved in this just for one moment. Okay. Yeah, um, in both cases, uh, the dream was engendered in order to create a more compassionate nature within the two of you. That's, what, that's the common ground. You follow this? In other words, yes. when you woke up from the dream, you were more compassionate towards everything. Yes? Yes, I, yes. At least that was my experience. When I woke up, I was so, uh, you know, I was kind of like, oh, my God. I was just beating my poor mother, something that I will never exactly. do in my life, of course. Yeah, exactly. But you were angry at her, and it is always for borders. In general, the child uh, wishes to become independent and take care of themselves. And then the loving parent intervenes there and frustrates the child in their desire to become independent. And there's the border violated that was never expressed. And it was this lovingness that got the action to occur where the mom said, here, let me take care of that. No, I can do it myself. Okay, then the loving mother would go, oh, all right, good, show me, do it yourself. No, no admonishment in it, no anger about it. You would like to do that, please do that. You know, then the child gets to become an adult that way. But here in America, and actually worldwide, we parents feel so, I suppose, that, yeah, it's a part of the guilt complex that we live in. Uh, want to do everything for the child because we don't feel that we've done enough for the child just by bringing them into the world and, and providing for them when they could not provide for themselves. And we, our ego structure gets tangled right there, and we want to forever be that all-knowing parent, but then we end up in diapers and they pick out our uh, rest home. <laughs> so the cycle is a little uh, really poignant yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, but the dream was definitely intense. It was very intense for me, and it was very intense for him. And it's funny because when he told me the dream, I... I I remember mine, and it was like it was like that. It was it was insane. I was really really mad at my mother, and I was actually being physical, punching her and screaming at her. And okay. and when I woke up, like you said, I was I was feeling very compassionate and towards. That's why that's that was the real reason for the dream to get a greater compassion. Now another whole aspect of this that's triangulated straight up there is that the two of you, you two. Um, come from a uh, same soul group. In other words, you two incarnated uh, to agree to be in each other's life. Follow? Yes. Okay. Uh, because the two of you have, in this particular case, the two of you have a similar piece of growth, uh, a 
similar progress to make in the lifetime and by being open enough to communicate with each other, especially about so intimate a subject as a, as a personal dream, you have taken steps forward to supporting each other in your growth. So congratulations. Well, funny that you say that, but we, we call each other spiritual friends. <laughs> yeah. He's in New York. He's in New York, and I'm here in D.C., so. <laughs> yeah, well, get together in Baltimore or whatever <laughs> equal distance between the two. Hang out for a while, have dinner. You know, um, that, that communication. Now, this was, um, uh, that's actually the next part of the program I'm going to talk about is a little bit about the um, life between lives, the spirit world that's uh, not more than a moment away from us that is uh, most of our life totally invisible to us. So is there any, any other dreams or anything else we could talk about? Well, I would like you to tell me what channel can I find you. I'm, I just moved to Arlington. I was in McLean, and you were channel 10 over there. But here, yeah, I have still, no idea. OK, well, for absolutely sure, anyone that wants to can go to telepathictv.com at 8.30 on Thursday night, and we're streaming live. OK. We're streaming live, aren't we? So good. Okay. Uh, otherwise, we're just broadcasting um, in the local uh, Channel 10. But the, um, uh, and the, Mary has archived over 100 shows uh, so that you could uh, pick a subject that interests you and uh, watch that unfold uh, uh, in the archives. Yeah, so Channel 10 or your computer, telepathictv.com. And Great. And, and can, I have a, can I have one more dream to, for you? Yeah, sure. Okay, let me, let me read it to you because I, I keep a diary Ooh. of my dreams. Oh, excellent. And um, this dream, um, see, I've been having a lot of dreams with my mom. All right. And this dream, I was basically, I was on top of a building and like in a balcony, but the balcony had nowhere, no, no walls, nothing. It was kind of like you can fall off the balcony. Mm -hmm. And I was um, with my mother, and below us, there were hundreds of people. There were, like, people everywhere below us. And I looked down, and I told my mother, and I said, oh, my God, there's a lot of people down there. And she looked, and she didn't say anything. And then when I looked at the people down there, they were all dancing. They were all, like, singing and dancing. Oh, that so is So my great. mother uh, started dancing like them. She was going you know, front and back, front and back, kind of like dancing to their music. And I was just holding her hand, but I wasn't dancing. I was just holding her hand. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, she fell down from the balcony. Okay. And I looked down, and she was down. And then I, w I ran down the balcony, the stairs, and I went to see her. And she was laying on top of a red pillow, and she was kind of crying and and feel like she got hurt and i just felt so bad for her and i was like hugging her and just feeling guilty because i felt like i didn't hold her hand uh strong enough and she just fell down and i was just you know i woke up and i was like oh my god you know but she wasn't dead but she just she was hurt okay now let us say that this is once again uh, the idea of we spirits we uh, a soul of a human being not the body, just the soul. When we are on the other side, we are looking down at the earth with all of the people dancing on it. 
So let us say that you and your mom, in spirit world, were looking down and admiring, and your mother got inspired by the dance that was going down, going on down there, and became so enthralled with the dance that she accidentally incarnated. And you felt badly, although there's no guilt involved there, you felt that you had done something wrong because you did not stay with her. And then you ran down the steps and found her there. Okay, now that would be your mom incarnating and then giving birth to you. You see what wow. I'm saying? Wow. Okay. Now the red pillow and the fact that she was crying is uh, when we first arrive on earth as that itty bitty uh, wonderfully helpless infant, uh, the first thing we do is cry. And the scientists have finally figured out how to translate that cry. And generally the baby is saying, oh no, not again. What was I thinking? Okay. okay, so now there's no guilt involved in this. You and your mom are of the same soul group and you saw her uh, incarnate and then you were inspired to follow her and you had agreed to mother-daughter relationship in this life. And so that's what that dream was about. Wow, very cool, Neville. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Yeah, we, we you. love your call. Um, anytime you want to call in, please do. We would love to hear more and uh, hear more dreams. Thank you, Neville. Oh, you're quite welcome. Bye-bye. Okay. Now, let me just uh, talk a little bit here about our call in, if you have questions, about the, um, the book, The Dreamist, which is furthest uh, right on the monitor, uh, which is your TV. Uh, the lightning strike over the eyeball. And we have another call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hello, Neville. Hello. Hey. Mm -hmm. oh, wait, you're breaking up there. What's your name? My name's Philip. That's breaking up pretty good. I'm sorry. I'll sit back. You're on a cell phone, I get the feeling. Yes, it is. Do you have a landline handy? No, I do not have a landline. Okay, so just talk slowly and, and distinctly okay. there. I, I, I had a dream that a volcano. Volcano? Yes. And I was inside this volcano and I spoke to it. I can only vaguely remember spirits inside the volcano. Very good. Now, I thought it might be personal. But yeah, wait, I missed that one. I thought it might be personal. Personal. Personal to myself. Personal. But then I realized that there were reactors in Japan and oh oh yeah I get you okay and I just was wondering what you could tell me about that and I will hang up now okay all right now um, the number of people that suddenly went into spirit world without the normal uh, incarnational process where your body gradually leaves and you realize you're going to be following it where death is expected and then finally death is very welcomed when you are suddenly just dumped out of your body into spirit world uh, a great many beings come to uh, perform uh, healing uh, for these people I remember when I was a uh, much younger man I had uh, in the middle of the afternoon which was very unlike me I just fell asleep and I was on a train and uh, there were hundreds of people and I was getting the people to leave the train in an orderly fashion, calming everyone down, 
uh, using uh, Sekim energy to calm people, uh, to get them to just smoothly move along. And then about three hours after I woke up from this nap, uh, there had been a train wreck in Maryland uh, where a bunch of cars scissored against each other and literally hundreds of people had died instantaneously in this train wreck. So what's going on in Japan, a lot of we beings that, um, you know, your soul projects the body down here, but the soul is also up there. And the soul has its particular stuff that it does up there. Uh, and sometimes we get bleed through in the, the body down here. So from what your dream is telling me, uh, you're one of the people who has agreed to the triage work of that many people suddenly being catapulted into spirit realm uh, without any warning. And so they require, uh, w um, I was shot to death as a certain percent of our audience knows. And um, uh, the minute I was dead, I was with a being that, that was, had agreed to um, that particular triage for me. And um, in my personal experience, I got hit in the head with a bullet, bang, I'm dead. I'm standing there, I'm looking at my body in the blood puddle and then I am um, go right through the ceiling and I'm in the presence of this white room with this guy sitting there reading a book and of course the book turned out to be the book of my life and uh, I, in this disorientation from the sudden death, in this disorientation I'm doing the guilty dance, oh the talent I had, the things I could have done, the things I did not do, oh my god mom was right, don't go into Manhattan. Um, I'll never live that down, and apparently I never did. Uh, but the soul looks at me, and I'm direct person, in case we haven't figured that out about me. And the, um, the soul that's in charge of my particular case wads up a uh, ball of energy, and he pitches it, bang, right at me. And um, from that moment on, I'm calm. And that's that sort of triage work that I'm talking about. Uh, where we are reminded, see that's been the main theme in all of it. The first thing you do is calm down the spirit because of the unexpectedness of it, they hit that sharp spike and uh, are disoriented by it. So there's been a lot of call to um, get this particular work done. So congratulations on being one of the caretakers. Um, in a minute the word will print for what the um, triage is correct, and emergency personnel, and yeah, that, that version of uh, spirit um, vocation, the, the person who is the calmer downer, uh, calmer upper, that's much better, yes, uh, so that you can continue in your journey on the other side thus giving yourself something to do. So I, I do appreciate that. Now, uh, going forward then to the, um, oh, it was symbolized by the volcano uh, because of the explosion. And uh, Japan right now is, you know, the nuclear stuff that's going on there, it's very volcanic. And the soul's getting caught up in that. And I see how that's, how the symbol was presented to you. And makes sense and the, the personal spirits. All right, now forward then to the dreamist. Ta-da, 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 ta-da. The dreamist. Okay, so the dreamist is set 
at the turn of the 21st century. Now, let me for a moment, through the magic of your imagination, take you to the year 1911, 11, 11. Okay, 1911, hmm, okay. So maybe you've seen an automobile. If your daddy's a rich man, you might have actually ridden in an automobile, but they're rare, but they're there. And then the light bulb is coming along, and the phone is coming along, and the radio's coming along, the airplane. And by the mid-century, we invent the television. And by the turn of the 20th century, we've got the World Wide Web, as pronounced by Elma Fudd. Okay, World Wide Web. Now, I'm putting it to you. Yeah, yeah. What is the a turn of the 21st century going to be like? Will we have colonies on the moon? Will we have colonies on Mars? Will it be common for people? Who will be the first being that chooses to be born on the lunar colony? Is that a role you'd like to play? And then you come back here and it's suddenly a much heavier gravity, so you spend the rest of your life in the gymnasium, even though you're only walking around on Earth. And then you go, oh, Earth, what was I thinking? Take me back to Mars or the moon or something. But you can see the, the what will the world be like. So this is a book set at, and in this timeline of the dreamist, in mid-century, which seems to be where there's a great um, leap, always mid-centuries, we had the Civil War. That was an amazing leap of uh, consciousness for the human race because we we actually fought it out about the insane subject of slavery, even though we still live on a slave planet. But, you know, and then, and then the 1960s was all about the um, freedom marches. So it doesn't take a genius to figure out that the 2060s will again be about uh, doing away with uh, prejudice. Okay, so in the 2050s, this particular brilliant young engineer and Vince it gets a computer um, to the point that you can have a thought, and if the thought has a 3D parallel, it can be projected into what is essentially a holodeck. In other words, an architect could think of his building and then literally go for a walk in it. And then you go, oh, there's no stairs. Why, I didn't think of st stairs. <laughs> you know, voila, there are the stairs. I thought of them. So the architect can perfect his uh, building. I have to go to the bathroom. Oh, bathrooms. What was I thinking? No, bathroom. Okay. Uh, so then, now at this grand party where this individual uh, announces and demonstrates his new device, well, the guy, the inventor, gets absolutely blind, drunk, and passes out. And one of his friends straps the device on his head, and he starts to project these drunken dreams into this holographic stage. And everyone at the party stops what they're doing to gather in a large circle around to watch this. And 20 years later, it is a game show. And the name of the game show is The Dreamist. And that is the introduction to the, the book, which is not written in the book. It's just the way I talk to people about it. Uh, the book opens flat out, opens flat out with the um, uh, episode, one of the episodes of the Dreamist, 
which is a very unusual episode for a number of reasons. And uh, it goes from that point on into um, uh, a great deal into the future and then back again and uh, all these. It's a very interesting book. It's a future novel. And what's fascinating to me about it is the, the people that have read it and written me back um, have said things like, oh, I started my dream journal again. Or I started keeping a dream journal because I read the book. Or I can suddenly dream in color. Uh, I've been dreaming in color steadily since I read the book. Or my dreams, I have a, um, had several lucid dreams as a result of having read The Dreamist. And it was my intent to, um, I've written so many books that are um, teaching books. And the point is, and, and so they're easy to write in that I have this point and I want to introduce it. And it's like a textbook in a way. And then the next level for me uh, has been the idea of taking whatever the teaching is and uh, in the Native American standard, uh, taken that and turned it into a story. And then when you remember the story, the way in which the characters in the story behave demonstrate to you different behaviorisms that you could have. So uh, in doing that in this book form, it, it seems to be quite successful. It, it is quite successful. People have been um, talking a good deal about, yeah, I'm, I'm calling it a dream journal from the future. And I suggested people to read it as they're falling asleep, if <laughs> they'd like a book for that point. Now, the what's been going on in my life is uh, for the 30-something uh, years, almost 40 years since I was shot, I've been taking people into past lives. And I have been taking them to the life between lives. And that has flowered for me pardon me, all of a sudden. And um, so these days, I'm taking people into a past life and then into the world between lives and then back into this life um, to affect a far greater magnitude of healing and assistance uh, that I have done in the past for people. If I have taken you into a past life in the past, uh, get in touch again. If I did not take you to the, most of the time I did, but if I did not take you into the world between, uh, we probably ran out of time. But nonetheless, uh, give me a call, in other words. Now, the, um, where did I put that? Yeah. So the world between is a very interesting place. And we find that the people that uh, have been um, involved in the love of our life, and I don't mean just that one person who's the love of your life. I mean people that are your friends, people that you know, people that you work with, um, people that you have a bit more than a casual acquaintance with, are probably members of your soul group. Now, they could be some other soul group and have agreed to play a part in your life for the growth of the two of you. But there is this idea of beginning to be able to identify people as having a relationship with you that extends, and we can use the words interdimensionally, although that has a different meaning on the other side as it does on this side, but that you and that other soul agreed to the meeting in this lifetime. 
which brings us to the point where we begin to introduce just exactly how powerful free will is because we can um, we have an amazing amount of choice and we can agree to a contract and then disagree to the contract once we're here on the planet. Now, sometimes um, there would be a great probability that um, changing your mind about part of a contract will make a, a, a negative imprint in the field. And so the idea of restructuring the negative imprint is um, a great deal of what I'm doing lately with people. And I love to get the person to have the perspective from the spirit world to look at our world to see methods by which we can restructure um, paths, uh, change the flight path there, that we can do um, a repair work to the degree that it does not have to be um, solved in spirit world and then downloaded into the next life. The example that I've used for so many years and offer freely to all of we human beings was that when I was shot to death and I was suddenly on the other side and the angels showed me the history between the person that shot me and I, and I, I'm going to briefly sum up that history <clears throat> quite eloquently, <clears throat> and I will explain that I killed him, and then we reincarnated and he killed me, and then we reincarnated and I killed him, and then he killed me and I killed him and he killed me, and, I, and this went on to the tune of um, uh, perhaps a hundred lives between the two of us, actually more than that. And so I was shown this as um, theater between the worlds, and very, it'll catch your attention, I'll tell you that about it. And the angels then opened the door, and I saw that soul and I sign the contract for the particular life that we're in now. And we were on either side of a desk, and as the man was signing, he said to me, kid, you know, this means I'm going to blow your head off with a handgun when you're 27. And I go, yes, yes, you are. And that, that transpired. And because I saw this agreement, and I saw the interdimensional aspects of this agreement, and by that I mean this other soul agreed to cover himself from head to foot in the slime that is murdering another human being. That's why it's such a big deal to us, the amount of slime you get. If, if you, you know, even if it's the tattooy gang member that has the little drops tattooed, and you, you ask them what was it like to kill someone, and there'll be a nanosecond before the bravado takes over where they feel the impact of what they did, uh, what is the word, psychotic or not, there'll be that moment where they recognize that, and then just for a moment the eyes will, will go down, uh, that you'll know there was that moment of shame. And shame is actually pronounced sham, because everybody agreed to it. All of those are correct answers. Now, the, um, you can call in if you wanted to, dreams or whatever that is.
Okay, so this soul, I recognized him for the nobility that the soul held to agree to that role, to allow me to wake up in a hospital able to see people in past lives, to live an entire life uh, where that's what I do mainly, uh, taking people into other dimensional realities and straightening out this reality from the other dimensions and writing books and doing the show and um, all of the wonderful things that have uh, transpired because of that event, I adore that soul for that. And see, you see, he would be in a normal world, would be considered an arc villain, not arch, arc villain, okay? But I never forgave him because there was nothing to forgive. I love him for his agreement to play such a villainous character totally for my betterment. So the person that has been the darkest one in your life has done so as an agreement with you so that you will advance. Good and evil are both teachers. Okay. So then take, so if it interests you to find out about your past lives and you'd like to see them for yourself and then to see what happens between the worlds before you land in this one or to go into the spirit world directly and take a look at the book of your life. The, the life that you've agreed to live is clearly written on your palm. This is a glyph that is you as an individual. I, uh, for whatever reason in this lifetime, I also agreed to, and I've just recently recognized the lines on the palm as the book of life for you as an individual. This is my book of, there's my book of life. There's the other chapter. Oh, wait, I'll slam it shut. There we go. Okay, that glyph is me. If you want to freeze frame and take a look at what's going on there. Hi, that's me. I'll stop messing. There you go. Okay. Thumbs are, you know, the entire reading of the poems. But this concept of, and it's not if any of this interests you, as I said, call. And I, I would point out that Mary has uh, her decks. She created a couple of decks on, um, is on our website. Um, go play freely with uh, the decks there. This is a that, that thing. You've seen it so many weeks. Yes, what is that? This is a waveform generator. This is a thought amplifier. Why would we need a thought amplifier? Because, uh, pardon me for facing it directly on behalf of we the human race, we don't think quite as well as we could. And in not thinking quite as well as we could, um, the waveform generator, you write a um, command and you put it underneath it and then it radiates that into the field. And then when it reaches critical mass, whatever you've put on it pops into your dimensional life. Uh, we programmed one with a two word Two, count them two word. A caller, I'll be with you in one sec. A two word command, which was simply increase viewership 
And every time we broadcast, there are more viewers. They come and go, but there are more and more. And every broadcast, there seems to be any number of new viewers. So if you're a new viewer, um, welcome. And if this was all too much, I do say change the channel. So, hi, caller. What is your name, please? Hi, Neville. It's Kim. Kim, what can I do for you? Uh, you were mentioning about straightening out this life by <laughs> saying something about past lives and in-between lives. Yeah, this is what we're doing lately. I just wondered if you could offer a little help or suggestion. Okay, give me a specific. Uh, <laughs> relationships between people. Good one, okay. Uh, so it's going to be that the first thing I say is everything that happens is on your side. Okay, you understand that? Yes. Good, okay, because a lot of people don't get that. How do I convince myself that ah, okay. it, it, mostly it is, I guess I'm just curious. I want to know what's going to happen. I want so you want me to spoil the surprise for you? Mm, go ahead, whatever, whatever. <laughs> okay, what will happen is that you will become more advanced depending on how hard your head is, uh, and mine did not quite stop a bullet, but it was a hard head, my mother told me so many times. Mm -hmm. um, so you will advance in this lifetime. Now we would like to advance with less pain. So the more resistance we put up, the greater the noise has to become to get us to come to or to come through to the evolution we have agreed to in this life. All this makes sense? It's making sense. Oh, I didn't it's mean for it to make sense. I just need to be reminded every so often, my head is awfully hard. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It is pretty handy when I hit it on the kitchen cupboards. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is the way that works, yeah. The, um, Automatic writing, you know how you doodle when you're talking to someone? The yes. doodles are the spirit version of um, what's going on. And I doodled what is essentially a pool cue, which I think is a very interesting doodle in that um, if we think of incarnation as a pool game, in other words, uh, the cue ball, which is what we aim, that white ball, say that's your spirit, and then it collides with another ball, which either gets it in the pocket or it doesn't. See what I'm saying? Right. Okay, and that's basically what's going on with us. We have these circumstances that occur in our life that are designed to get us ahead to uh, get the piece of evolution in place. But if it misses, another ball gets put into place and we take another shot. So those of us that are master pool players, you know, run the entire rack just like that three racks, five racks. Without sinking the cue ball in the pocket. Yeah, the called scratching. <laughs> right. And we humans, we scratch a lot, let's face it. I don't mean, you know, like apes and type of scr <laughs> scratching. But yeah, so uh, the easier it is for you, the less resistance you put up to it. So say something occurs and then we see it occur again. So our thought efficiency quotient is, um, in other words, if I want to close this book, but I don't close it, I just think about doing it, then to close it, it's already divided by two. 
So when we see the pattern repeat itself, if we don't agree to uh, seek counsel, explain to me what is this pattern, why has it been placed in my presence, what, is, what am I supposed to get out of this pattern, but instead resist it, then the thought efficiency quotient, how many times does the pattern have to repeat before we agree to catch on to it? I like that. Okay. Yeah. So at this point in my life, my guides have agreed that I'm going to go through life's review. Mm. So I, 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 you know, like I'll see a pattern that's been there since grade school. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Uh. So when am I going to get that? No, I'll get it by the time I'm no, no, let's get it now <laughs> so we can go to the next patterning after that. Okay. Yeah, so that's the way that works. And thank we have. You. Oh, Kim, thank you. Uh, we love you for calling. Please call more often. Okay. Call all the time. Call and uh, we'll take you into uh, past life and so you can get a clearer look at the patterning going on. Because when you see the big picture, these patterns have been going on for lifetimes. It's when are you going to obviate the pattern? like that. So, Kim, we have our duck standing by, so thank you very much for calling, and please call. There's the duck now. Thank you, Linda. Quack. And there's the... And uh, by words, the mind is winged, and that's Aristophanes, who I think was Aristotle's cousin. Thank you there. Okay. And, um, Oh, that, that fits very well with the Language Codes book, which is the idea that um, the words that we speak are, um, words that we speak are uh, triggers. Uh, many of the words we speak are triggers. So I'm just going to do one very simple trigger, and that's the word should. The word should is guilt manipulation. The word could is not guilt manipulation. So let me show you should as guilt manipulation. You ready? Okay. You should know that. Now, see, you're guilty. And you don't know of what, but you know you're guilty. And you know you're supposed to have done it differently, so you're being manipulated. Where if I said you could know that, oh, God, are you free? Oh, God, does it put it in your court? I could know that. Yes, I could. <clears throat> now, I won't resist it. If you approach it, I should know it. And then you approach it from this helpless little guilty place where you don't have any power or authority other than um, which camera we're talking into. But uh, so the language is full of triggers. And if you have not already gotten it, by all means get um, hidden language codes. There we go. And uh, because let's get our race, we the human race, let's get us in, at, a, at a higher level. Your life is the way you describe it. It becomes it. So if we say we had the week from uh, HWE hockey sticks, thank you, Radar O'Reilly, and we know what we mean by that expression. Supposing you hold off and said, oh, I had a very stimulating week. Okay, that puts all of those experiences in a completely different compartment in the mind. Okay. And uh, further, supposing we said, oh, that was a very enlightening week, then that puts that in a very, very different part of the mind. And so our entire life is 
how we describe it. And we would love to be in command of this, which we are. We're in command of it by virtue of the way in which we choose words. So the words we use determine our reality. So if you take the word need, or in the word need, I need, but whatever it is you say you need, you throw that an incredible distance away from you. You make it inaccessible. Okay? So if I said I need money, oh, well, then you won't be buying the book. But if I say, Mary's quote, if I say I love money, your hand has already gone to Amazon.com and looked up, <laughs> looked up the book, hit the automatic delivery button, and like that. I love money. Ah, yes, it's one of my affirmations. It makes life a lot of fun, actually. Now we have just a little while uh, left on the... Um, hey, while you're on there, you know, there's that one, too. Okay. Um, what was I thinking? Okay, so we're going to be at Ruby Roll the R, Ruby Tuesdays in Fairfax Circle uh, after the show that's in a short while. And if there are any other callers, let's do that now, because we have a time for further dream interpretation or questions in general. Uh, if you've understood, then we've talked about the idea of the patterns that are in this life have been in other lives, and looking in the other lives at these patterns will make them very apparent in this lifetime. And then if we go between lives and look at those patterns, we see that they represent growth, we see that they represent change, we see that they represent opportunity, uh, we see that they are doorways that we either go through or pound our head on. And being human beings, of course, we're likely to choose pounding our head because, come on, we're humans. Now, human, human is, would be a high compliment you wouldn't believe the um, throng there is to become incarnate on this planet. You think we're overpopulated now. It's a very popular world, and our world has the reputation of being um, very hard. If you can muster here on Earth, if you are sitting here incarnate, congratulations, because you have agreed to an extreme of evolution. And even though my perspective for years um, about re repeating the same patterns lifetime after lifetime would look as though we don't make much progress, but it is belied. We do make great progress. We can um, change our consciousness. Each soul has a particular color that it incarnates in. And um, someone was asking, well, does that mean that's my favorite color? more than likely your favorite color is the color that you are moving towards, not the color that you are. But, you know, all of these things. Now, the, um, they say, yes, everybody agrees. So, uh, my color is, uh, my soul's color at the inception of this lifetime. And I know this because I woke up in the middle of the night and went to steady myself by putting my hand against the wall. And as I put my hand against the wall, I saw my hand give off a yellow-green. So I know that my spirit, my soul's color, is yellow-green. And um, however, my favorite color is turquoise. 
turquoise. Uh, now, if you think about the progression, yellow-green to turquoise, you're adding blue. So adding blue is talking about uh, an increase in gain of um, a soul's evolution, uh, a more evolved soul. And over the years, I've become much more diplomatic. I have become much more compassionate and understanding and caring and all of the things I would have rebelled against earlier in this lifetime. Uh, but the idea of uh, becoming a more evolved me, well, that is the deal here. And the fact that um, we can take a great deal of conscious sovereignty over our process of evolving, that we have this capacity, no real education about how to do it. This show provides quite a bit of education about how to do this. But the idea of, um, like time is a very different concept. Um, Mary and I did a um, five-minute interview on uh, Arlington PM, which may be aired by now, I think it is. Uh, and the five minutes was a nanosecond. And I went through a, a medical procedure where I had to uh, be still for five minutes, and the five minutes took for it ever. <laughs> so five minutes can be instant, five minutes can take forever. Time is very relative. We want to thank uh, Albert for his particular observation in that way. And uh, we would add to it that we do create time. We create it as standing still or we create it as instantaneous, depending on what is that, the amount of joy involved in it. Let's just have joy, 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 joy. Oh, hey, is, um, not to promote iPod, because iPod certainly does not require it. But have you guys seen Larry the Bird? I've been thinking, like, for years, and I don't know if he's going to come up in time. But we'll see. I've, you guys got a close-up of Larry. <laughs> this is Larry the Bird. I was thinking of doing the entire show as Larry the Bird. Is this? Go, yeah, well, go search for Larry the Bird. Yeah, well, go search for Larry the Bird. Larry the Talking Bird. Larry the Talking Bird. There's a bunch of talking stuff. Larry's really the, the cute bunch one. A bunch of talking stuff. Larry's really the. Sal, can we get a close up on Larry if we have the opportunity? At any rate, this has just been so much amusement. If you have a child in your life at all, and. At any rate, this has just been so much amusement. If you have a child in your life at all. Okay. Or an adult. I have seen okay. or an adult. I've seen so many people get just totally excited over Larry I've the seen Bird. So many people get just okay. At any okay. rate, Larry and I would like to thank you all for having joined us and um, Larry and I would like to thank you all for having joined us and Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you very much. That's Elvis the bird, in case you didn't quite catch. The That's Elvis the bird, in case you didn't quite catch. Yes, okay, at any rate. So, yes, okay, at any rate. Yeah, we love you all very much and appreciate. Um, yeah, we love you all very much and appreciate. Everything that you've done. Everything that you've done. Over the years. Over the years. 
to make our show really great. Spread the word. Spread the word. Okay. Thank you.